KG, and this is not safe for network. There's nothing to worry about. You're gonna be just fine. I'm your number one fan. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. What's in the box? What's in the box? Montucky Skies. Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. I'm Jana Lee. Jana Lee is my mom. As you guys probably know if you've been listening with any regularity, you've been on the podcast a lot. Yeah, I have, haven't I? I honestly don't know who the most like who has the most guest spots on the show. But you're certainly up there. All right. It's probably either you or Brent, uh, Brandon's brother. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) My dog just... My dog is very, very audible with its gas, and that was awful. Go to the other side of the room, Mira. Mira, you might remember Mira from a couple of years ago continuously chewing on my cables. Now she apparently just eats old, like, stinky tires. (laughs) Parts them out. Uh, anyway, um, so you were talking about seeing the supermoon a little yeah, while Yeah, I only got to see it one night because, of course, where I live, we don't see the moon normally because it's a marine layer, all the clouds and fog and everything. And it was towards the end of it, but it was so bright. My cat always opens the curtains in my room, and it was so bright that it lit up my entire room. Wow. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see it on the day it was at its zenith or whatever when, yeah. when it was the brightest. But we saw it up to that point, and I was like, "Wow, it's really bright." And then when I thought to go outside and look, just total cloud cover here, so I yeah. didn't get to see it on the biggest day. But I mean, one or two days out, I'm sure there yeah. wasn't much of a difference. It was very bright. I did notice that. Yeah. Well, where I live, I maybe get to see the moon about. 10 times a year is it it's always cloudy at night even if it's nice during the day it's cloudy at night so i may have dropped this story on the podcast before but i'll drop it again uh i was super bummed out when i was a kid because was it 85 that Halley's comet oh yeah yeah, yeah, and I remember I remember like we went to Taco Bell at one point and I got like a kids meal and they yeah. had like glasses to look at Haley's comet in <laughs> and I remember like everybody talking about it and being so excited for the comet and staying up just late enough to find out like no, it's raining all night and you can't see anything. <laughs> and it's cloudy all the time. So, I mean, Haley's comet is usually around for a few weeks, but um Especially in the summertime, it's always cloudy. Yeah. When when we get the clear to see the moon is normally in the winter when it's really cold. And the way the weather patterns work on the coast there is when it's really cold, it doesn't snow. It gets clear. Right. It's kind of rare for the snow to come. <laughs> and I that would have been the super depressing story for me in my entire life because, I mean, I... I there's a good chance I won't live to see Haley's <laughs> Comet again. I mean, it's like every 90-something years. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that could have been the depressing story. But what wound up happening was when I was in high school, Hale-Bopp just yeah. hung around in the sky for like a month. And so I can't complain because we got to see a comet that only comes around every 4,000 years or so. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's not exactly that, you know... None of my kids got to see it. Yeah, and they won't. <laughs> and they won't. That's right. No matter how successful they are at living a long life, they are not seeing Hale-Bopp. Yep. So. Nope, nope. Not unless it's a YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's exciting because Oregon's going to be in the path of the total solar eclipse on August 21st. Yeah, you were saying everything is sold out years in advance already. Yeah. In uh, Madras, which is actually a little town I lived in when I was little, really little, just off the reservation, and apparently it's the best spot in the entire world to see this particular solar eclipse, and they've been sold out for two years. (laughs) Okay, can I give your age out on this? Is that okay? Yeah, I'm 
59. I'll be 60 in January. You're born like 57. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. So I I only bring this up because Brandon Brandon can't make it tonight. Uh, He's got something he's got to do, but we kind of knew he wasn't going to make it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) We thought we'd be recording Skies a day late. So we recorded Fargo a day early. It'll be out at some point next week. I don't know the exact date, but I, by the time the next guys is on, you, you will it will have dropped if you check for it. So, uh, like the Not Safer Network page, you'll totally know when it comes up there. If you subscribe, you don't have to worry about it. It'll just download. Anywho, um, I was talking with Brandon after that because I was edit in the process of editing Bar- Barbarilla. <laughs> And my computer crashed, which is a long story I don't want to get into, but we eventually rejuvenated, but I didn't get to edit the Alien movie project completely like I wanted to. But it led to a talk with Brandon about it, because basically, like, okay, so Aaron on the the Alien movie project was talking about how they wanted to do an Alien movie from the 60s. And, I was, and he was like, so write in if you know a good one. And I, whenever he says this, I always go to the computer really quick and sort of look up stuff to see if I can like throw something illuminate. And there is nothing, <laughs> like there is nothing at all. And uh, all there was was Barbarilla. And so, and I knew Aaron wasn't gonna like be thrilled about getting Barbarilla. <laughs> But I couldn't find anything else, so I like texted. I was like, "Man, I couldn't find anything except for Barbarilla." If you feel like tackling something <laughs> like that, because I was trying to couch it with like, "Don't be upset at me because I made you watch Flash Gordon." <laughs> this is sort of up the alley of Flash Gordon, but way, way cruder. I guess yeah. I've never seen it, so Barbarilla. I I, yeah. I was pulling some clips off of it. I've seen parts of it before. And I saw yeah. parts of it again enough to see, like, yeah, it's exactly what I thought it was. <laughs> Just a really freaking weird, like, almost cartoonish movie with a lot of sex. Yeah. Um, but that that led me into a bigger conversation with Brandon because he was like, you know, the 60s kind of sucked for movies. It They did. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? That is exactly right. And I wanted to ask you about this because you lived through the 60s. You probably grew up with 50s movies on TV all the time. I'm going to guess. Like, yeah. Being born in 58. That, you know. Yeah, so 57. There is there is a handful, like a handful of classics in the 60s. And I know whoever's listening to this probably like can think of two or three. Maybe a few more, but like compare that to like any other decade, you know, like I would yeah. say the next sparse decade is maybe the 80s, the 80s or the 50s. You can make a case. But if you yeah. like take all the classics of the 50s and stack them up against the 60s, maybe it's because you're more forgiving of the 50s because movies were still pretty new. Yeah. But by the 60s, it's like. Well, I think a lot of movies in the sixties are just straight up irritating. I think a lot of the problem was um, society was really split. You know, you had the hippies, civil rights, and and the other people. There were a few good movies like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner and Mm -hmm. no, uh, like I said, handful of great movies. I mean, Apocalypse Now wasn't that sixties? No, no, it's later. That was that was a seventies joint. In fact. That was like the third or fourth classic Coppola did. And yeah. It was firmly in all of his like classics are in the 70s, I think. Yeah. Well, and I think part of it is like Vietnam couldn't be dealt with until after it was over and it wasn't over until I was in high school. So Which is ironic because the they're throwing out stuff about Afghanistan and Iraq. I know, but, still in there. but at the time it was such a divisive thing. And people were marching in the streets. People were horrible to people coming back. It was really... Um, so I don't think they wanted to, you know, spend money on that and mm-hmm. risk losing money. It was like they always pointed out that MASH was really about Vietnam, even though it was set in Korea. Yeah. I, in fact, most people, if you're not a MASH fan, and even if you are a MASH fan, a lot of people have no idea that that's supposed to be about Korea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, honestly, I mean, if yeah. you even watch the show, it's sort of ridiculous how much they look like they're in the 70s. Yeah. Like, they have, like, the feathered hair and stuff. It's like, that's not a 50s thing. Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't care because they weren't really telling yeah. a Korean story. They were telling a Vietnam and, story. And then the other thing about the 60s is 
the attitudes towards women were really bad. Oh, really? <laughs> really? You had guess, huh? just just in the sixties, huh? <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, um, and their attitudes about you're talking about people like of the- color were really bad. So now a lot of the movies that they made that people thought were good back then, now we look at them and we go, oh my gosh, this is so racist, like Breakfast at Tiffany's, for example, you know? So movies that were considered really good at that time just have not held up at all. And I, my wife and I were having a big conversation. I I made a joke with Aaron one time about somebody said about Breakfast at Tiffany's, like, because him and Kate were talking about what a good movie it was, and I made a racist joke towards him. Not like the joke yeah. wasn't racist but about him being a racist and i was totally kidding but if you don't use emojis people don't know yeah. what you're driving at so Arab was like almost like he got in a corner and like lashed back out at me i'm like whoa, whoa dude i was just kidding like, yeah uh i felt kind of bad about that but uh i do think breakfast at tiffany's is a classic i would list with those movies but damn i can't watch it like i, I, saw I it can't once, watch it either the mickey rooney thing it just makes me there's racism and a lot of stuff and i think it's easy yeah. like if you're actually looking for it it's super easy to find because yeah. it's interjected in everything even today yeah but um it's just so overtly racist that it's yeah real real hard to watch yeah it's really and it's so cartoon uh, it, uh, it just, I just can't handle breakfast with Tiffany's. I've never been able to sit through the movie because of Mickey Rooney. So, I mean, is that really the, and I, I asked because you did live through it. Like, I know. Well, I was a the, kid, but. Right. But you live through it. Like, I, you can talk about the 60s the way that I can talk about the 80s. Yeah. Because, because you lived through it as a kid, you have perspective and you saw the media and you saw the attitudes. And then yeah. you saw all the things that came out shortly after that sort of illuminated you on what was really going on as you get older. Yeah. So you have a much better perspective of well, this than I do. So I guess like what I'm asking is like, like all everything that I hear about the 60s, it always comes back to free love, civil rights and Vietnam. Like always, it's always those three things and everything. And drugs. (laughs) Yeah, but I would say that's almost like the free love thing. Maybe it's like the the hippies, right? Yeah. Which is really like tied in with Vietnam and the civil rights movement anyway. So let's just say Vietnam and the civil rights movement. Like everything yeah. seems to be tied in with that, and it's just like, is that true? Like, did yes. it just pers- like like everything? Like everything came back to those two things. A lot, not maybe every single thing, but a lot of it did. I mean, it was topics of conversation. It broke up families. It was real divisive, mm-hmm. and it was, in a way, it was kind of like. It is now with the two political parties and being so far apart. Mm-hmm. Only it was like older people versus younger people to a certain degree. Right. And Sort of like your Robert F. Kennedy generation versus your Richard Nixon generation in a way. Is that kind of fair to say? Well, Rich... Maybe Robert F. Kennedy is not a great example. No, because he was... He was... But... I was trying he was to more progressive. It's like Richard Nixon. I mean, you had Richard Nixon and um, J. Edgar Hoover, you know, spying on people, breaking, doing all these horrible things, you know, behind the scenes and everything. And so you would have these people, you had the hippies and stuff that were, I mean, it was people would get beaten up, guys would get beaten up for having long hair um, and women dressing without bras and everything was horribly offensive to a lot of people. And the skimpy clothes were really offensive to a lot of people. And, and, um, you'd have people, the older people and more conservative people would be saying, get a job all the time to the hippies. And the hippies would be like, you know, don't be racist and all this stuff. But with their free love and stuff, they were still pretty misogynistic too, even though they tried to claim they weren't. But I I gotta ask a question (laughs) and, and, uh, your parents have passed on, my grandparents. So yeah. let's talk about this for a second because I'm really interested in this. Like, uh-huh. I know that grandma was always seemed like she was on the liberal side she when was. I was growing up, and probably grandpa to an Yeah, extent. they both were. But at the same time, they had very conservative values with some things, which yes. I can get into in a minute. So, like, 
Where did they fall on the spectrum of all this stuff while it was going on? I mean, were they grouchy reading the paper? Like, how how did they feel about it? Like, were they for Vietnam? No. And at no point, like, there wasn't no. like a turning point. No. And gra- Grandma actually um, marched in a peace parade in Billings, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, they were anti Viet. I don't know. In the beginning, in the 50s, I don't know how they felt about it, but they were definitely I mean, anti-Vietnam. Like, during your lifetime. Yeah. That's all we really know for sure. Yeah, they were definitely anti-Vietnam because they felt like we didn't belong there. All these guys were dying over there and horrible things, and the people didn't want us there. And Okay, what know. about, like, with the feminine mystique coming out and things like that? Like, with the well, feminist movement starting? I mean, uh, Yeah, Grandma was pro-women's rights. How did yeah. Grandpa feel about that? Well, as far as I know, he was for it, too. You know, Grandpa was kind of quiet about stuff. Grandpa was very quiet about every topic. (laughs) Yeah, Grandpa was always quiet. quiet. But I think he supported it. And they were for civil rights. Like, Grandpa, um, there was horrible prejudice against Indian people. And um, when we moved to Montana, it was even worse than it was. You know, in Oregon, it was a little bit bad, but not as bad as it was when we moved to Montana. And... The local um, golf club, you know, Grandpa was really into golfing. The local golf club would not allow Indians to be members. And so da- my dad would not join. Um, I want to do a quick story about Grandpa since we're talking about this. Um, mm-hmm. And you'll have to help me with a, one little detail for sure. But mm-hmm. I was talking with Grandpa a little bit before he passed. And mm-hmm. uh, he was telling me, okay, so what did he do with the Indian affairs? Like he was oh. the... He was the building and grounds manager. So he was like a city manager. He oversaw the sewer plant and the water plant and the roads and the, for like the reservation. At- yeah. Yeah. And the, um, for the agency and the, uh, housing, cause all the government employees lived in housing that was owned by the government and we rented. And so he was responsible for the upkeep. And was grandpa like, was grandpa completely white? Like, a little oh yeah. Bit? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I thought. So, um. Grandpa told me this story about like him, and I think it was at Custer Battlefield. Maybe is that is that where it was? Well, the Crow Reservation, Custer Battlefield, wasn't part of the reservation, but it's on the reservation. Oh, okay, okay. So he was telling me he had that job, and I just I just want to like give perspective of this for um, anybody who has any kind of political thought. Like just just think about this a little bit because this is somebody this actually happened to him. Okay. Grandpa lost his job to a Native American, and he lost his job to a Native American because the guy was a Native American, and they thought that Native Americans should be taking care of their reservations and Mm -hmm. and helping the economy around the Native American. Like, this is what he told me. And he said, it stung because I had a family, but I looked at it, and I knew they were absolutely right. And this was before affirmative action. Yeah, it was and a kind so, of affirmative action, and what they did is they allowed him to... Was it actually to, affirmative action, or was it sort of that move sort of like it that existed? They said that, you know, um, Indian people should be the ones in the BIA because in the Bureau of Indian Affairs so that they had more control over it. There had been what they called Indian preference, so his career had stopped. Um, he... In normal times, he would have probably become a superintendent of the reservation of a reservation, but his career stopped because after we moved to Crow, then they the federal government had a policy of promoting of if if there was a white person or a non-Indian, they called it. Mm-hmm. So anybody that wasn't Indian versus somebody that was Indian up for a job, they would give preference to the Indian person. So then. Um, at the point that he retired, they allowed him to take early retirement so they could open his job up for an Indian person. So he got to retire when he was 55. Yeah. And so I, I guess my point is like a lot of people that, that talk garbage about affirmative action, which doesn't happen very much anymore in this country. Mm. Like it, it yeah. used to a lot more, but like, just keep in mind that like, you know, sometimes it's about like, it's, it's bigger than you as hard as that can be and just sort of take it on the chin and and figure out a way through. I mean, cause my grandpa lived through this, like this was something that happened to him and he knew it was absolutely right. You know? Uh, yeah. But anyway, so circling back to like the sixties. Okay. (laughs) Okay. 
so we covered like basically that touched everything, which is so that that narrative is not wrong because that's the narrative I always hear on the sixties. So I was just curious. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever really talked to somebody who lived through the sixties. Like, was that really you know? Yeah, and more so. Of course, my memories are mainly. You know, I was so young in the early part of the decade, my memories are mainly from 65 on, too, yeah. which I think there was, it was more conservative and stuff in the early part. Because I, and I guess the reason I ask is like, I feel like when the book on my generation is written, it's going to be heavily election of 2000, September 11th, Iraq, and then like Trump. Yeah. Like I, 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 who knows what's coming after that, but I feel like it's going to be focused around those things. And I don't feel like that's an accurate representation of like the society I live in because yeah. so, so many people just don't pay attention or manage to tune oh, out or like, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, it was in your face all the time, like Vietnam mm-hmm. and, and the unrest on the student campuses and stuff, because everybody sat down and watched the TV news. And that's why I don't watch TV news anymore, because I really didn't like it when I was a child and they were showing these horrific pictures of what was going on in Vietnam and showing the body count in Vietnam every night. And it was just too much. Yeah. And um, so I've never really, I mean, once in a while I'll watch the evening news, but that's why I never really watched the evening news because I didn't want to see that. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that the showing the violence of the war, this is an honest question because I really don't know the answer to it, but do you think like televising the war as they did, do you think that was a net positive in turning people off of the war? Or, yes. Or or do you think that it helped perpetuate it with a lot of people no. after the war? No. I or think, is it both? I think that's why there was so much protest against the war, because you were seeing you were seeing what was happening, like, you know, the famous picture of the poor Vietnamese yes. children I'm, burning. I was just looking at it, um, that today. You saw the caskets and stuff. The, that's one of the things I really have against the war and in, against terror, as they call it, because um, people aren't being drafted, so it's not touching everybody. They forbid seeing pictures of the coffins and stuff. You know, we used to see pictures of the body bags and the coffins just stacked in these warehouses. There were so many of them coming back from Vietnam. You know, so I think that turned public opinion against the war. I really do. So what do you think was the biggest event of the 60s? The biggest event? Yeah. I don't know, because there were some really big things. The 60s were had a lot of really big things happen. The Civil Rights Act. Can I Act. suggest something? Sure. <laughs> One small step for man. Well, yeah, that was a big thing. There were lots of big things. You don't things. think that was the biggest? A man I, on the moon? The biz- biggest scientific thing, probably, yeah. Biggest scientific? <laughs> so you think... I mean, there were a lot of really important things oh, happening in the I'm not saying 60s. most important. I'm just saying, uh, I guess, most significant. Like, I, I feel like the man on the moon just trumps everything. I kind of feel like it's the biggest thing that's ever happened. And it's before I was born, so I have a right. <laughs> <laughs> it could it could be. It could be. Because I'm trying to figure out how that touches in with civil rights. or t- And I know it does. And I, I know in some way it probably ties in with Vietnam well, just I don't because know of the Cold it- War. But I feel like that moment was almost like aside from those things in a way. It touches it was. them. It was. But it really wasn't driven by them. It was a good thing that happened too. <laughs> but the irony is like that all happened because of the Cold War. Right. right. I mean. Right. But there are so many things in our life today because of the race to the moon. Um, you know, ultimately computers. Mm-hmm. um Velcro, all kinds of things you never think of that were invented because of the space program Tang. and research that they did. <laughs> Tang. Tang, yeah. <laughs> Some things not so good, maybe, but... <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this question, going back to what I was originally talking about. We're going back to pop culture, folks, I promise you. Okay. So, the first man walks on the moon in, what, 68? It was 68, right? Yeah, I think it was 68. Yeah, let's just say 68. Um... 
We were you camping. Have I remember Sputnik. that. We were camping in Fresno, yeah, Colorado. Sputnik <laughs> in the early 60s, like 60s. No, Sputnik was in the 50s. Oh, was that in the 50s? I think it may have been 57. I'm not positive. Yeah, you're right. It is the 50s. We have all these things going on in the space race during the 60s. Barbarella. That's it. That is it. For, <laughs> why is that the only alien movie? I don't know, but but on the Isn't bright side, weird? but on the other side, we have Star Trek. So we had Star Trek going on on TV. That's a good point. But Star Trek never got great ratings when it was on. TV. You know, I think the alien movies and stuff in the 60s were the real B movie type things. But even and, that, like, there's hardly any. Like, yeah. we were combing over lists, and like, yeah. it's real. Everything tough to find was like anything. spaghetti westerns. They were all like, movies were kind of hard in the '60s in yeah. a way. A lot of movies, you know, they were um, violent, and I don't know. Maybe it's just yeah. Maybe it's just the political turmoil that was yeah. going through. It's just like we don't want to think about other life. Like we're concerned with life and death. Yeah, I I don't. Well, and there were so many changes going on because women were starting to go to work, which was a big change in society, you know, and um, civil rights where people were standing up for their rights, civil rights. And, you know, so there was a lot there was a lot of turmoil going on. It just seems strange, like. Barbarella. That's the only one. Like, <laughs> and, I, then, and I hate to keep going back on this, but it's a good advertisement for the Alien Movie Project. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking cut that. I'm one of only three people on the planet who's heard it right now. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it's a great episode when it drops. Like, it's, it's great. I'm going to have to go but, back and, and watch that or something. Of course, I didn't watch it during the 60s because it was considered uh, porn, soft porn. Don't want to go see it? You know what you should do is Don't listen to the Alien Movie Project. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe skip Barbarella. There's a reason why I come, keep coming back to why is Barbarella the only one. <laughs> but, I mean, like, you even, like, cut into the 70s. Well, I don't, when was Planet of the Apes? Was that in the 60s or the Oh, 70s? Planet of the Apes was 60s. But it's not like, aliens. Like 69, 68 or 69. But it's not aliens. That's the True. problem. But everyone, and that's kind of funny because you know what? We all looked for UFOs and stuff. We used to have parties in the summer in the 60s and we would sit and look at the sky looking for satellites going over and everybody was, oh, maybe we'll see a UFO. And, you know, it was a big deal. Every summer we'd go out a couple times a week. It's weird that Barbarella's the only one for that whole decade. That's just, it's bizarre to me. Yeah, you'd think there would be more, really. Because going to the moon and everything... What would well, you... when was two thousand? When was Space Odyssey, two thousand one Space Odyssey? When did that come out? I think that's sixties, but I'm not sure that that's actually an alien movie per se. Oh, I guess Aaron Donaldson because there's an obelisk, but I don't yeah. think you actually see any. Yeah, aliens. you don't see any aliens. So that's there you true. go. But yeah, I guess I guess it was there. It's just you don't see them directly. Yeah. And people were kind of obsessed with UFOs and stuff. That was another thing going on, you know, in Area 57. I mean, they weren't just like obsessed with the UFOs in the 60s. It still persists. Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was a big thing. It was kind of a pop culture thing. I mean, mm-hmm. so, it, and everybody, like I said, everybody wanted to look and see the satellites going over because they were a new thing. And Have you seen Arrival? No, you're so good about like seeing new movies. Like you're even better than I am about it. uh, (laughs) So I was just checking. I I haven't seen that. That's the one that just came out with the. Yeah, yeah. yeah, No, I I went to Fantastic Beasts and Where to See Them instead. Yeah, you want to give a quick review on that? Oh, great movie, especially if you like Harry Potter. Set in the twenties, it's more adult. Um, Eddie Redmayne's hiding behind his hair again, and. It's it's really fun. Where would you rank it in the Harry Potter movies? I mean, I realize well, it's not a Harry Potter movie, but there's like what really eight a, of them? Is there eight? Seven? I was maybe there's eight. I thought, well, there's that's seven right, and they, like one's two parts. Yeah, right? that's right. So, so I'm not even a Harry Potter fan, and I know that. <laughs> so there's like nine, right? Including that. it's not as. Um, Maybe quite as engaging as the Harry Potter because you have don't have all this history with the characters. So it's like ninth it, place. 
But it's good. I mean, <laughs> I don't asking. know. I'm just asking. It's probably equal to the first one. I'd okay. say it, it's good, and you know, so it's, it's tied for ninth or it's tied for eighth place. I don't know. You know, I don't usually rank movies. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a I'm a woman. We don't rank things as much as you guys do. I'm trying to give you like equal rights here. Bro. I I know. I know. It's really cool for the creatures in it. The creatures are super cool in this. And it's got the ecology message of, you know, let's take care of our animals and not kill everything off kind of thing. And then it's set in the 20s. So it's uh, quite different. So everybody talks like this. Not exactly. You're a muggle, eh? <laughs> but they do, they do refer to Dumbledore in their... I don't know who that is. You don't watch Potter. <laughs> I know that's like a wizard or yes, something. Yes, he was a professor at Hogwarts. He right. was the head of Hogwarts. And according to J.K. Rowling, he's gay, which never comes up in the books. But she's going to write a story or something about him being gay. Or she did write is a that, story. Was that... Um... Mm, the guy from Die Hard, was that his character? No, he was Snape. Oh, what's that guy's name? Alan Rickman. Yeah, no, he of. was Snape. It was, um, See, I really been two, know nothing I think about these. There were two guys that played Dumbledore, both of which were very renowned actors whose names escapes me at the moment, but one of them died, and so let's, they had to recast the part. Let's just say Patrick Stewart and Patrick Stewart and Sir no. McKellen. No, neither one of them. <laughs> More portly gentlemen. <laughs> oh, have you ever seen that meme that went around for a while that was like, it, it said, uh, Luke, I am your father. And then it said Dumbledore down below and they show a picture of Patrick Stewart. Oh. It's just like designed to piss off every nerd. <laughs> oh, well. And Colin, Colin Farrell's pretty good. He's sort of sort of the villain. Okay. <laughs> Right. Sort of. I'm going to move away from this movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you're struggling. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I don't have I any coherent rank, thoughts on I it. I ask you to rank and it all falls apart. Yeah, I don't rank things very often, yeah, so I have a hard time. Good. Sorry. I rank things and I'm totally talking out of my ass all the time because I, like, who knows? Like, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about that. Mm-hmm. But then when I actually, like, look up data, I'm always like, oh, yeah, there's that yeah. one. Or I see a movie again, I'm like, oh, it's... Not as good as I thought it was. Or I'm like, that's way better than I thought it was. So it's all oh, subjective. I heard somewhere that James Earl Jones is revising um, the voice of Darth Vader for yeah. Rogue One. Yay! Yep. <laughs> yeah, they've they've uh, released a still showing Darth Vader. Uh, that'll, cool. That's one of two topical things we'll talk about tonight. Oh, okay. Then I get to look at all the, the news. So if you're tuning in waiting for us to break stuff for you, it's not going to happen tonight. <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah, Darth Vader's in Rogue One because it takes place, I believe, right before Star Wars, and I'm going to guess ends at some point of when Star Wars would be going on, but I just don't yeah. know for sure. Yeah, but it looks they, like it's going to be good. I call. I still think the Emperor is showing up in this because uh-huh. um, they. So I did my own little nerdy breakdown of the original trailer, like way back when, whenever they showed it, uh, it must've been around a year ago. And when I watched it, it was like, okay, that's like that little thing that closes is like Darth Vader's personal thing. He has an empire where it like puts his helmet on. Yeah. So it's like, there's Darth Vader. And then there was Imperial guards around in the trailer. The the red, uh-huh. red robe looking things. And so I'm like, yeah, the emperor's in that. So yeah, I still haven't seen any stills or confirmation that Palpatine is in this, but I, yeah. I'm too much of a nerd to not know that Palpatine is in this. <laughs> <laughs> there's just like, I'm not like I'm not like my brother level Star Wars nerd. Like he can fucking he can like do me to shame with Oh his does Star he really? Wars. Oh yeah. Oh dude look, look, we're both nerds, but 
he's like he is like at least 40 percent more of a star trek and star wars nerd than i am yeah like, and i just i can see that i have other areas yeah. i'm stronger than him, him well it's but. so funny because i have these friends that i hang around with now that don't even know the difference between star wars and star trek and i'm just like you philistines you <laughs> Yeah, there's like two things I can't stand with that. The first is when they mix it up and think that they're the same thing. Yeah. That dri- that that just drives the nerd in me crazy. But the other thing is like the nerds who feel like you can only like one or the other. That oh, right. also drives me crazy. Yeah, I like them I both. I was raised to love them both. That's right. That's right. I raised you right. <laughs> <laughs> and dad was that way too. We're yes. very inclusive people. Yes. Like, you don't have to pick one. You can have them both. Yes. We are the bisexuals of nerds. (laughs) We're okay with both. We love both. Yes. It's not a choice. We just love them both. Like you can love the original Star Trek and Next Generation. That's right. I do got to walk back something I just said. The bisexual nerds are probably bisexuals and nerds. So I should <laughs> totally walk that back. Probably not a good thing I was to say. Going, I was going for a metaphor and I'm just going to throw that one out. <laughs> don't, don't ever quote Forget me that, that one. one. Yeah, that was poorly constructed. <laughs> um, let's see. What else? What did you think of the new Star Trek movie? Do you like the direction it's going in? Yes. <laughs> did you think it was a better than the previous one or worse or the same? You mean then the new the prequels? No, I mean uh, we're talking Star Trek, right? Oh, Star Trek! I thought yeah. you said Star Wars. I'm sorry. Maybe I'll, I will know <laughs> when I put this in my ears oh, tomorrow. So Star Trek? Yeah, Star um, Trek Beyond. I really liked it. Uh, Oh, you are tightened up right now. You have problems with this movie. Go ahead, lay them out. That's what this is for. No, I I did really like it. Yeah, um, but you tightened up. But There's you something. know, there it is. There's the butt. It's okay. But you know, I'm gonna pry it out. As a longtime fan, yes, I have a certain fondness for the old cast, and I realize I can't make any more because they're getting too old and everything. But you know, yeah. I do, I do really like it. I want to see Shatner in another Star Trek movie. No. <laughs> I do like the cast. I really like Chris Pine. And I, and I like Simon uh, Pegg. And I like Zachary Quintos. And I like everybody Kinto. else that's at Kinto. Yeah. Whatever. I really liked him on Heroes, too, because I liked how his character started out as this really evil villain and turned out to be a good guy. It changed. Yeah, I liked season one of that. So yeah. I liked it when he was a villain. Yeah, <laughs> but I like the turns that turned him into a good guy, too. That yeah. was kind of cool. And George Takei being in it. Yeah, so, you know. Okay, okay, so, so we covered that. So what was it that you didn't like? Because there was something you didn't like. Is it just because you love the old cast, so you still have a hard time with this? Yeah, probably the first movie more than the second one. You had a hard time with the first the one? The first one more than the second one, just because it was... Okay, but we're talking about the third one. We've moved Oh, this is the this. third one? Oh, yeah. okay. I really enjoyed so the, the third... First... I really enjoyed it, I, and I want them to make more. Okay. I so do, do want do you think it was more. better than the other Abrams ones? Do you think it's going in a better direction? This is the one that yeah. Simon Pegg wrote. Yeah, because I think Simon Pegg's more of a nerd, so he knows what we want. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I didn't get in it that I would have liked was like more of a political message. Like yeah. I always feel like that's when Trek is really yeah. great is when they Yeah, cuz they were very social political. commentary. Yeah. And I just don't see that at all in the Abrams one. And yeah. I felt like this one was like closer to what Trek was, but it's not quite there yeah. yet. Yeah. They threw in a little bit with the gay couples, but yeah, but the movie wasn't about that. It was no, just it wasn't. Sulu happened to be gay. Yeah, it wasn't which like was the a episode. Whole can of worms in itself. Yeah, <laughs> George Takei wasn't happy. No, he because he didn't feel like that character was gay. Yeah, so he yeah, said just because I'm gay, they shouldn't make the character gay. Yeah, <clears throat> and I also um, I was talking with some of my LGBT friends and asking them about it and a lot of them had a perspective I actually didn't expect, which was just like, no, that's really stupid. 
Like mm-hmm. the character was straight, like what it's an alternate reality. So suddenly you're gay. Like that doesn't make sense, like an alternate timeline. So they yeah. were, they were rubbed the wrong way by that too. So yeah. I got to say, you know, I try and listen. Yeah. <laughs> when people talk who know more about something than I do. I try and listen. So it was probably a misstep. And you know it was only made with Sulu because George Takei was gay. And yeah. I, I know Simon Pegg did that with good intentions. But yeah, he intended to honor I think him, when George Takei was like, don't do this, you probably should have listened. listened. Yeah. Especially considering it's really not important to the story. Right, and it's just like a flash scene. I mean, it's real quick scene. They don't dwell on it. Yeah. But... It's, yeah. There's all that slippery territory. The other thing, we talked about this before Doctor Strange came out, but the other slippery territory was like the ancient one. Okay, yeah. so, okay, okay, here's the thing the ancient one was Asian in the comic book, right? Right. So now you got Tilda Swindon playing the ancient one, so like you can make a case for whitewashing. Here's the other shitty part, which I did point out way before Doctor <laughs> Strange came out. It's pretty racist construct of a character because the ancient one is a Tibetan character and it was back when like every time you had Asian people, they were either that like what you were talking about with Mickey Rooney and breakfast at Tiffany's or it's like they have magic. Yeah. Like they have all this like ancient magic and stuff. And so like it sucks because like it's a character that you need for the thing but it's like either way you're gonna yeah. come off as racist well so they went the way that gave them the chinese market because if they say tibet they're fucked yeah and if they say something other than tibet then like tibetans are gonna be really upset and people who support tibet yeah. are gonna be upset it was a fucking hornet's nest well, no matter what they did well what i thought was bad about it not knowing the history of the character in the comics or anything is okay you got Tilda Swint- Swinton playing it and you say she's a Celt mm-hmm. why is she bald no one ever explains why she's bald if she had a long flowing thing of red hair I would have accepted her character a little better yeah because I don't care how old she is it doesn't make any sense that she's bald if she was an Asian man it might make sense Sinead O'Connor <laughs> well she shaved her head on purpose Right. Is maybe a protest. The, maybe the <laughs> maybe, maybe Tilda Swinton too. I don't know. I just I I'm like Tilda Swinton. I think Tilda Swinton is a really excellent actress, but I don't think she was right for the part. Yeah, I just I I I felt like no matter what they did, it was gonna be wrong because it was based yeah. off a racist property and yeah. there was no easy way out. Yeah. I honestly feel that way. Like, I just, I, I think they're screwed no matter what direction yeah. I went off in. I've heard Asians, uh, Asian Americans saying that they're glad that they didn't cast, or like, an, an Asian in the role because it's just like perpetuating this thing that drives them crazy. Yeah. But then I've also heard Asians say that they're really upset. Like, people I know, like, really upset that, like, they whitewash it too. So, I just, I don't think they could have done anything yeah. right. This isn't excusing Marvel at all. It's just like... They're kind of stuck. Yeah, they were stuck in a racist property. There was probably a way to get around it where they would have just upset nerds, and that probably would have been the wiser move, Yeah, which is to just cut out the ancient one altogether. Yeah, or put a substitute character of some sort. No, you can't, but that's oh. the thing. That's what Tilda Swinton is, is a substitute character. Oh, yeah. Right, like I. Right, I I don't know the original character, so I don't know. I being a nerd. Here's what I would say: you being could, Tibetan you could have makes it sense. Be, you could have it be like a celestial character, yeah, who teaches Doctor Strange. Yeah, that probably would have been the only way out. But then you upset all the Marvel comics readers. Yeah, too. so they're pissing off people no matter what. I probably would have pissed off the nerds on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I did <laughs> really enjoy the movie, though. Oh, I did, too. I, of course, I, I guess love I bring it up because Benedict Cumberbatch anyway. So. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch and Chris Pine, two of my favorites. I just bring it up because we talked about Doctor Strange for a while. 
yeah. uh, when it actually came out. And it occurred to me, we I, I never addressed the elephant in the room. And as soon as I listened back to the episode, I was like, oh, I'm so stupid. Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe I didn't talk about that. But I guess I didn't really have anything new to say. It's pretty much what I've said before. Yeah. It's just I didn't want newer listeners to not think I didn't have a take on that because I totally have a take on everything. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I don't know what I'm talking about, I have a take. Yeah. That's I, why I put a microphone in front of my face. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that about you in the last 37 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, ever even, since you even started when I was talking, a couple months old, it was like it was like you know these strand carrots are awful. <laughs> like, why are you giving me these strand carrots? Uh, you give were, me the peas. You were kind of late to talk, but it was like you were saving up all your words. And when you started talking, it was paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> like my first word was more like a diatribe on like how Empire Strikes Back was better than Return of the Jedi. <laughs> No, that couldn't have been. I would have been four. I really hope I wasn't at my no, first you words that at old. four. <laughs> well, you said like mama and daddy, but you didn't really start talking until you were close to being two. But when you started talking, you were, you know, it was like you were waiting until you knew all the words so you could say what you wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is I was pretty much doomed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, my future wife was doomed. <laughs> you can't turn it off. We have so many nights when we're in bed and we're just laying there and I'll be quiet and then I'll just start talking and then like I'll wait for her to say so she doesn't say anything and then I'll just start to talk more to fill in the space. <laughs> Jesus, and I'll sleep. just keep talking and she'll be like, oh, okay, all right, go to sleep. Like, just agrees with whatever I said. You saw it earlier today. We were sitting there. She's watching TV and I was saying something directly to her. And I'm like 20 seconds in and I'm like, she's not paying attention. And it was like 30 seconds and I'm like, this is getting rude. And then like 45 seconds, I'm like, I'm kind of getting mad now. And then I hit a minute and then I finally say something like, like call her out on not listening. She's like, I'm sorry. I was watching TV. She's like, what'd you say? And I'm like, I'm not going over all that again. She said she thought you were talking to me. <laughs> right. And I get it, dude. Uh, my friend Greg calls it the married ear. It's yeah. just like when you're married for a while, the ear just starts to deflect the things you hear. And I'm no better than that either, by the way. Because Amanda is talkative once she gets to know you. Yeah, she is. <laughs> and I've heard everything she has to say. And Lord knows she's heard everything I have to say at least 10 times. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, because I talk 10 times more than her. <laughs> Do you have any any uh, shows or movies or anything you want to talk about? Oh, let's see. The Crown was really good. Although okay, I would go why, don't you, why don't you break down The Crown for me? Like, What, what exactly is that about? It's a biopic series about Queen Elizabeth II when... It starts just before she takes the throne. And I guess it's been okayed for a second season. It ends like in the early 60s. So they only get to the early 60s in it. Like the 1960s? But yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, she took the throne in 50. Oh, Queen. Okay. The sec, Queen Elizabeth II. The second. second. I was yeah. thinking of the first one. I'm like, what? yeah. And they've obviously gone back to, like, the letters that um, the Duke of Windsor wrote. You know, he's the one that gave up the throne. And um, Winston Churchill's stuff, there's a lot of... Winston Churchill, by that point, was really awful. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, he's He admits as much, too. Like, he said after, yeah. after the World War, he just... He was super popular and he didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, and this is after he had been out of power for a while and then came back. Mm -hmm. So he was prime minister when Wasn't she he came like to the throne. Prime minister three different times. I think so. He was yeah, prime minister that's crazy. a lot, and he was really too old um, because by the by the time uh, he retires as prime minister, he was like ninety years old, and he was really too old, and he wasn't was paying sort of attention. The, the British Strom Thurmond. Yeah. <laughs> And he was lying to her, which was, I mean, and it's really good because it points out things like she was really raised to believe that God wanted her to be the queen and her duty was to 
you know, do things the way she's supposed to, to be a good girl kind of thing, you know, and do the things. She wasn't allowed to actually have power, but she, the people, the prime minister and the, the equivalent of her, parliament were ruling in her name. And so she really took all that seriously. And it really shows kind of how seriously and it's ridiculous the things that they wouldn't let her do that she wanted to do and stuff but that's what really happened i remember a lot of this from history and stuff um and she points out uh, like she has this one conversation i don't know if this ever really happened but with the guy that abdicated the throne and said he had said he was sorry to her father because her father was not raised to be king and he had a stuttering problem and stuff and it yeah. was really awful for him being king. As seen in the uh, king's speech, right? Yeah, and he died that's, of... That's totally my knowledge of that king. Yeah, he died. <laughs> he was a really nice guy. He was a really nice guy. Unlike his brother that abdicated, There, are, I have read that um, the British... Uh, apparently Wallace Simpson didn't really want to marry him because she, she was married at the time that they were having the affair and he was thinking about abdicating to marry her and he, she tried to back out of it. But um, the powers that be kind of forced him into it because they wanted him to abdicate because he was pro-Nazi. Okay, take a breath for a second. Everybody who hears me going off on tangents, just remember that this is my mom. <laughs> he gets Any it honestly. <laughs> any of this in the crown but at any rate yes this is all (laughs) well that one little part was in the crown but most of it's in there and one little part (laughs) (laughs) at any rate he had he had apologized to her father and she said well i think i deserve an apology too and he's like why would you why would i need to apologize to you you're the queen she said i wanted to spend my life being a housewife i did not want to be queen you ruined my life. Interesting. And um, it, it's really interesting. How many episodes is it? Um, I think it's it's either eight or ten. I'm not sure. They're fairly long too. It's are, wonder. It's are they very like an beautiful. Hour? They're like an hour plus. An hour plus, I think. Some mm. of them are more than an hour. I think. I'm glad to know that because that sounds like a a real commitment. Yeah, they're at least an and I hour. I need to know what I'm getting into with yeah. the show before I get into it. But they're not all that bad because I, I watched it over two days. I can do it. I just need to know. Like Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. So, like that, the first time I tried to get through, like the, the reboot of the show, uh, the one that everybody likes, except for Adrian, who. He doesn't like ba- it? Oh, he's never watched it. He just knows that it's not the one from the 70s, so he doesn't like oh, it. Oh, it's better than the one from I, I the know, 70s. I know. Everybody else knows. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian, if you listen to this, you should know by now, too. But um, like, I, I went to watch a reboot of Battlestar Galactica, and I was watching the first episode. And I'm like, holy fuck, 50 minutes, 55 minutes, an hour? What the fuck? Hour 15, what is going on? An hour 30, really? Like, it was like an hour 40. Yeah. And uh, and then the second one, I believe, is somewhere as long. And so, like, I got through, like, halfway through the first one. I was like, I don't have time for this. Like, I thought this yeah. was, like, a 45-minute thing. And so I let it sit for a year. Yeah. I kept hearing little things about Battlestar Galactica. So I'm like, okay, I know the first one's long. So I started looking at run times. I'm like, oh, I see. It was, like... Probably two TV movies, and then it was a show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then I was like mentally prepared, and it was so worth it. I mean, yeah. I somehow managed to get my wife in on it and didn't tell her that it was a show at first. We just watched <laughs> it as like a movie. And I was like, hey, there's another one of these. She's like, all right. And I'm like, okay, so this was a show, but they did two movies. So then she was in. But if I had told her it was a show and it was like an hour 40 for like the first, there's no way she would have sat yeah. through it. I know my wife well enough. <laughs> yeah. But uh, totally worth it, too. Did you yeah. ever watch The Plan? The Plan? Okay, so I've been finding out that a lot of Battlestar Galactica fans don't know about this, which is surprising to me. Because I watched it all in one run, right? Uh-huh. So after the show was over, about a year later, Sci-Fi made a movie called The Plan. Oh, yeah. Is that the one that then they kicked off Caprica? 
Um, I had. I don't think so. I don't think it was connected to Caprica. Oh. But what it was was they showed what was happening from the Cylon side. Oh yeah, I saw the entire that entire run of the show. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, and so um, yeah, like the, and that's just like I was talking with a couple of people who'd never even heard of it. I'm like, oh my god, you got to watch it because like. We finished the show and didn't watch it for like two weeks. I'm like, okay, I got to find this. And I won't say how I found mm-hmm. it, but I eventually found it <laughs> after about two weeks. And then we watched it. And like, it's, I can't imagine watching that show without that because it perfectly ties in everything. But you see the silence yeah. side and reveals things you didn't know. Yeah. But the way, like, it's not like, you know how like a lot of, um, uh, a lot of like, these shows where they have like a big universe and all these things going on. Like a lot of the time it feels like they're just retconning stuff like, Oh no, he did this because of this. Yeah. That never felt like that. It was always like that totally makes sense. Yeah. We have an entire side. We didn't see why they were doing Doing it. It's almost like the writers like knew what was going on and just didn't want to tip their hand. Yeah. And yeah. then decided to tip their hand like years after the show was done. It was just like, it was a really brilliant thing. But it only works if you've seen the show yeah. all the way through. Yeah, you have to see. Could not stand alone whatsoever. <laughs> no, no, you probably couldn't. And I was really happy to see Dean Stockwell getting work too. Yeah. Yeah. I like Dean Stockwell. Me too. Quantum Leap for life. Yes. I love Quantum Leap. And I've never liked Scott Bakula as much and anything else as I did in Quantum Leap. <laughs> I mean, I still love him, though. I like him, but like, you know what? But it that is? was his best role. He was he was sort of like uh, Bruce Campbell in a way for me. Like I loved Bruce Campbell forever, but like it was everything he did. It was like I wish he would just do Evil Dead Four. Yeah, like it was like it was always there because I wanted him to break out and become a big star, and it never quite happened. Although he's in tons of things, he's in Fargo. Did you see him in Fargo? Yes, yes, I noticed that because I looked at yeah, the Swede is like banging on the TV, yeah. and then it's like a yeah. it's a regional soap the opera that he was, he was on. on. Yeah, yeah, he didn't intentionally get into Fargo. Yeah, just happened to be that he was on Fargo. Yeah, uh, he intentionally went into season two where he plays Ronald Reagan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ronald yeah. Reagan. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I was glad. I, I was glad that. You prompted me to watch the movie again. Yeah, sorry about <laughs> I that. I always really liked uh, the movie, but that's okay. I promised my mom was going to be on the Fargo episode. That actually didn't happen because Brandon had to record a day early, <laughs> so mom watched it for nothing, but it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Can't feel horrible about and it. And after I saw how warm the winter was, then all I could see was melting snow <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, this is stuff we will cover verbatim and bigs on film if you check it out. Yeah. So. Uh, and it led to a discussion on the 60s off mic, which led to this entire <laughs> podcast. It's all connected. <laughs> Aliens, man. Aliens. Aliens. Yeah. But uh, Scott Bakula, getting back to him. So I always love him and I always <laughs> think of Sam. Yeah. And yeah, it always makes me a little sad that he's not Sam. But I like to pretend like he leaped into the life of whatever character he's playing <laughs> and he's just got to get through it. And you don't see off the, like off the side that like, uh, Al's sitting there like hitting the remote the, for Ziggy going, yeah. trying to figure it out. And then at the end when they meet God or whoever. <laughs> yeah, it was Al, the bartender. Yeah. I mean, it's probably God, but yeah, I always loved that ending. Yeah. I, I thought it was great. It, it was totally great left it open, but it was so fitting for the show. Yeah, it was great. Like, it really was. Uh, I like it when they end a show to, to roll intentionally instead of just canceling it and not. You know what I mean? Oh. I like when they end it with an ending. So that's super awkward you say that because they didn't know the show was ending. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good ending. <laughs> oh, yeah, it totally worked. But they actually did it in a way where it could continue because yeah. they didn't know if but they I were going to get picked up for another season. I kind of like things now that are on not the main networks, but, you know, that they make with the idea that there's going to be an ending at some point. Yeah. You know, like, like Breaking Bad. And, yeah. You know. The perfect example, Breaking yeah. Bad. Yeah. No, I like that, too. Um, I was like, I always bring it up when we talk about it but i feel like it is it's starting to become an underrated ending which was cheers 
Cheers was great because I don't remember how it ended. Okay, now. so we don't need to to go in the lesser cast members, but Ugh. Diane comes back, and like Sam and Diane start to have like a flank. It, it, when you watch it on reruns, they break it into three episodes because it was an hour and a half long show for the yeah. last one. But um, basically, like Sam and Diane decide that they're going to run off to California together. And okay. so they like get in a plane and then suddenly like they realize they're just not right for each other. Like Diane realizes that he's oh, a yeah, that's right. and shouldn't be with him. <laughs> yeah. And Sam realizes that she's a snob and he shouldn't mm-hmm. be with him. And so he goes back to the bar. And like Norm's there having a beer, and he's just like, "I need to be back, Sam." And he's like, "How?" Because he like he like told off everybody yeah. when he walked out. But Norm's like, ah, "I wasn't worried, but I need to be back." And he's like, "Well, how'd you know?" He goes, "You always come back to the thing you love." Uh, and like Norm walks out, and he like looks around at the bar, and he goes, "I'm a lucky son of a bitch." And then like he walks over to this picture, and this is what what I always love what gives me goosebumps because you only know this if you know this like yeah. it's not necessarily for the audience there's no audience at this point yeah. either. like at as soon as he goes to get on the plane they took away the audience so that yeah. they wouldn't know the ending and spoil it yeah. for anybody um so he's in the bar and then he looks at this picture oh, yeah. of geronimo and it's crooked and he straightens it yeah. and then he walks on and ends on that picture. And that picture was uh, the guy who played coach. Yeah. That was his picture in his dressing room. Yeah. And when he passed away, they felt so horrible. Uh, they wound up bringing his picture out of his dressing room and making it one of the set dressings. Yeah. And so I like, do remember that now. Yeah, yeah. It's like a picture of Geronimo, I think. Yeah. And so... Yeah, so that that was the last scene was him straightening that yeah. picture, and it was like a, a homage to coach. coach. So they brought back Diane. They completely like, I mean, you know, when she ran off to get married, and then Sam, like, she goes off to write a book, and then Sam realizes she's not coming back. Yeah, like that was a good ending for those characters, but it's also like they left it open. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not certainty. Yeah, this was like certainty, and so it was a great ending. They didn't take the easy way out by like making them you know fall in love and yeah. like run off that would have been the easy way out yeah to like leave the audience super happy like yeah. no these this is a show about characters who are who they are and they yeah. can grow and stuff but like they were never gonna be together. no no they were weren't right for each other at all <laughs> and i gotta say having uh before we visited you in coos bay a couple of years ago we uh-huh. went also detailed in montague's guys we went we watched every single yeah. episode of cheers on netflix great time i'm thinking i'm gonna i'm due to do it again in a year yeah. or two i think i'll be ready to, to run through it again yeah i haven't seen it for a long time i watched i remember when it first came out and I first saw it and I thought, wow, this is a really great show. It's one of those things like being older too. I appreciate it so much more than when I was a kid. Yeah. Because when I was a kid, like a lot of the, like it was fun. Yeah. But it the was jokes definitely occur. fun. But a lot of the jokes floated over me and the serious stuff. And now I look at that serious stuff. I'm like, that's really good. Like, yeah, really is like an interesting play on like, yeah, how different people interact. And yeah. Uh, and I always thought it's amazing um Woody Harrelson's career after that because he was kind of typecast as the dumb guy the dumb good looking guy you know from Cheers Mm -hmm. and then he really had a different career after that yeah Ted Danson's still doing it on TV yeah and he's going to be in the next season of Curb Your Enthusiasm which I'm totally oh is he oh that should be good yeah they're rebooting well they're not rebooting it they're doing another season Uh of Curb Larry David finally decided he's ready to do it Uh (laughs) he's such a boy he was really I love him he was really funny on SNL playing Bernie Sanders yeah Yeah, playing Bernie Sanders (laughs) 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 it's good stuff but uh we should probably kill this I suppose uh, it's going on a little over an hour so too much fun (laughs) you have any closing thoughts you need or no (laughs) all right take it easy
I don't actually have debates on my show. It's called That's Debatable, but I don't really have an affirmative or negative debate, really. It's not a win or loss kind of debate. The way that I've organized the show is to kind of try to talk about arguments um, as opposed to having any one argument in particular. I think talking about arguments is a fun way to have an argument. You're kind of arguing with people as opposed to necessarily against them. A Not Safe for Network podcast. You take that OD, you drink it down to the label. Yeah. You uh, get yourself a funnel from a gas station. <laughs> uh, you then pour sauce in up to where the, the malt just liquor started. Fill her back up. Mm-hmm. So you got yourself a little bit of a buzz on it because you just drank about a third of a bottle of malt liquor. Put it inside yourself. Mm-hmm. Experience what we just had the absolute privilege of mm-hmm. experiencing in such a thickening. Yeah. I don't see any way that anyone's ever going to regret this. No. We had a good life. When Wilford Brimley is telling you that that's what he's going to do, you're like, oh, wow, it must be aliens. It's totally because the mustache. Yeah. Yeah, believe the mustache because when he is in the thing and he is missing the mustache. Bad news. There's something about him that's not right. And the characters pick up on it right away and they lock him away. (laughs) You know, the plot suggests it's for other reasons, but he is a man that should have a mustache. And when he doesn't, it codes for strangeness. And just all around wrongness and weirdness. The Alien Movie Project. Hi, I'm Biggs. Check out my podcast, Biggs on Film, where I do insightful commentaries on films that you love. Uh, Gort the Robot, they call him Newt. Yeah, Newt. Like like he's uh, Norwe- like, Norwegian. Yeah, he's mostly Norwegian. Mostly. The two fancy skeletons in the back are the worst. Dude. I know, they're the best. Like, it's no wonder they lost this battle. <laughs> That's a gross-looking punching bag. Dude, oh, yeah, I'd be that worried punching... about getting Seminilla punching that bag. I think he might have given that punching bag Seminilla. Well, every now and then it's insightful. Find us on iTunes.